We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, we are going to be counting down the top 15 moves that were made in free agency or trade that affect fantasy football. Basically, you know, for good or for bad, guys who've gained value. So, Geek, Geek of the Sharp app, back again by popular demand, my friend. What stood out to you, trade or free agency move, as the most impactful that we're going to see in dynasty fantasy football. I mean, there's so many, even some that haven't happened yet, but um, I mean, you, I'll allow you to, I'll allow you to count Aaron Rodgers as a move. Yeah, that- so I was going to say, keeping it close to home. Think about the upgrade that the jets wide receiver group and the jets pass catchers get not to mention Aaron Rodgers in a different spot, but, but the jets entirety of their team And by the way, this is very, very important. People don't understand this. Not that it changed the value of a player that much, but the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are now a winning team. They're actually a top seven team ranked to get to the Super Bowl and potentially win the Super Bowl according to the Vegas odds. But the biggest thing is like, think about Brees Hall, for example. We already love Brees Hall, so it's hard to, but you put that, you put a running back on a winning team. Oh, okay, right? That that affects the frequency of them scoring. How about, Elijah Moore, who's been a zero, can he elevate now to a real fantasy asset? And Garrett Wilson now in the discussion as a top 10 overall and dynasty even more so because now we're looking at dynasty. So give a couple of years potentially with a quality quarterback. So Garrett Wilson now shooting up the rankings uh, of the dynasty uh, value board. So you think that when I said which move do you think is the most impactful, who gains the most, you think it's Garrett Wilson gained the most? He was already pretty high. I mean, he's going, he was going pick 15 overall. He was wide receiver like seven. So you think he gains more value with Aaron Rodgers? No. Like when, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think that the most impactful uh, value change, I'm not talking about real NFL or who's the seventh most likely for me, the, the, the player who gained the single most value was Tony Pollard. And I think that even though, because Tony Pollard was probably sitting around RB 15, 16 before this, uh, I think that he shoots squarely into the top 10. Um, he was franchise tagged. The, um, the biggest threat to his fantasy production was Zeke. They let him go. Uh, it's undoubtedly they're going to bring somebody else in. I mean, they have Malik Davis, who was good as a rookie. Uh, I would be nervous about them bringing in Kareem Hunt. Some of the other options are already you know, signed. I mean, Deontay Foreman was signed by the bears. I thought that was going to be a threat. So other than that, I know Pollard's coming off an injury, but he's in the, if they do not sign someone, if they just, you know, get someone in the like third or fourth round and they don't go for B. John Robinson, Tony Pollard's going to be a first round redraft pick and certainly a top 12 uh, fantasy running back. Top 12. Um, I'll accept first round redraft. Listen, I'm going to tell you this buyer beware on Tony Pollard, not because Tony Pollard's not a good player, but I mean, there's evidence that no matter what's going on, Dallas will not give him a heavy workload. And, and so, uh, you know, Zeke was hurt for a few games last year. So we got a sample size of what Dallas does and they didn't have a quality backup in place. And yet, and I'll, I'll give you another name. That's really interesting. But, and yet, even with all of that, 
he did not. Now, he had a couple good games, so I'm going to give it to him. But he did it on similar volume to what he normally gets. So I do think Pollard will be good because he'll kind of flip to be the lead back instead of sort of the, the secondary. Like, he'll probably get the majority, maybe that 60% workload. But I would caution against assuming that Pollard is going to see more than 17 to 18 touches per game even in even in a no Zeke world because they bring in a fatty. How about Leonard Fournette? Wouldn't he fit right in over there? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still some some uh some bullets to dodge for for you know getting basically blocked from fantasy. And yeah, though that's easy to see. Fournette, uh the draft, right? So there's still some ways to go here. But I think right now, because we're in dynasty trading season, that it was always, let's say theoretical rather than actual to, to try to get a first round rookie pick for Tony Pollard. I think right now before another running back, which I like that you call the fatty. So basically a grinder. Yeah. I think right now you could get that 24 first for him. That has only been theoretical so far. So that's why I identified him as an, a value change. And I don't mean production change. And I agree with everything you said that you're, you're making the case against, but it's now plausible to see Pollard traded for a rookie first. Yeah. I'm not looking to plant my flag on the don't draft Pollard this season kind of on that ground either. I think it'll be fine, but I do think people might get a little too excited and and maybe that is the time to extract some value. Talk about, all right, you want to talk about value shooting up the board. How about just like, and I know this isn't as sexy, but it's just like, you know, Daniel Jones signing a long-term deal. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know that I would say that for Superflex dynasty leagues, he is now squarely inside. I know you and I top 10, and he's going to be like QB 14, but as they continue to add weapons, they added Darren Waller, they added Paris Campbell. Those are credible pass catchers. I know what you're saying. They had nothing last year, but yeah, anytime you get a quarterback that's multiple year insulation, that's a massive value change. Geek. He is your ultimate buy now, right now, because you and I talk about this a lot, but it is not widely enough. It's not widely disseminated, disseminated knowledge. And that's the, those are the situations I love because it's very obvious by the end of this off season, this is a guy who's going to be shooting up into that top 12 range, even in redraft. And um, for dynasty, you get a locked up quarterback with a great, great coach that knows how to get the best out of him that we saw come out of his shell at the end of last season with absolutely no weapons. And when I say out of his shell, I, I'm really, it's just, listen, we want running quarterbacks that are willing to use their legs. They, they, they just score more than quarterbacks that don't. It's that right. simple. The minute you have a quarterback who can, get two first downs a game the 10 yard rush he's willing to run for a touchdown that just scores better than guys who don't do that yeah no, that totally. so when we're counting down our top 15 players that gain dynasty value I, i'm you know miles sanders is an interesting case here because uh, we were high on him when he came out as a prospect he i would say mostly disappointed to where you thought but i think he he bounced back some of his his value based on where he was being drafted last year. Now he signs a four year, $25 million deal. I believe it's really locked in for two years uh, to go to Carolina. Deontay Foreman's not there. It's him and Chuba Hubbard. Now they're presumably going to have a rookie quarterback. They traded up. Um, I, I, I think that we, we saw this week that DJ shark is visiting there. So they are going to get a credible pass catcher to go alongside with Terrace Marshall. Um, we have to think that from where Miles Sanders was, that he's probably one of the top 15 guys that gained some dynasty value. Only 20, was it 26 years old? Yeah, I mean, you're going from somebody who just was poison to, okay, now um, it's fine. Like, I, Are we going to have super high expectations for Sanders? I don't think so. I think the role he's going to play is exactly what you saw from Foreman last year, which is splitting touches with um, Chuba. I think Sanders probably more talented than Chuba Hubbard, but he's just he can't get out of his own way as as a player. Or maybe it was the Eagles kind of holding him back with the with their style of how they use their running backs. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I mean now you've got to probably have Miles Sanders in that top 24 running backs discussion, maybe towards the bottom of that list. I have him at RB uh, 28 right now, a little bit outside because yeah. you know we're going to. I also have the rookies in my rankings right now so Bijan obviously he's going to be among the elite and then there's a few other guys Charbonnet uh, A-Chain you uh, obviously Jameer Gibbs you mentioned a name just now that I think shoots up the board like on a numbers of spots up the board way more than 
Miles Sanders, which is Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall is somebody to get excited about if you're drafting a fresh dynasty team this year. Like that's one of those names that I'm looking for when you get to the weird zone, that 13th, 14th round where you're getting a whole lot of trash. You know what I mean? Where, where you're picking up the the um, <laughs> the Michael Thomases of the world, hopiums that that they they will ever play again. Old Terrace Marshall, high highly drafted player, hasn't had a chance. Looked good when he has had a chance. What's wrong with Terrace? Yeah, yeah no, Terrace Marshall is one of the guys that I'm being a little bit more aggressive on. I assume that his ADP will rise, rise, rise. And especially if they add a, um, a wide receiver to the Panthers do like DJ shark, which complements well with what Marshall uh, does. Uh, I mean, he's going to be playing with a rookie quarterback, but you know, that could be a good thing. You know I mean? CJ Stroud, if, if he's the presumed first pick, uh, I, I'm going to like Terrace Marshall and you're right. His, his value has not yet begun to change, yeah. but he will certainly be one of those guys. This time next year, we're talking about what, wow, you could basically get him for a song and a dance, and now you don't even want to trade him. He's, he's, about, he's only 22 years old, Geek. That's my kind of player. I want to get guys who can actually turn into fourth or third round values, but you're getting them in round 14 this year. That's how you improve your team. Listen, everything else is all be When you can catch these stars happening at the right time, that's how you affect change in your team. Um, that's how you flip it. Turn it around. Yep. Uh, somebody had asked uh, Cleasy Money Sniper in the chat. It asked, and he's actually our next guy on the list is because when you were talking about Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he is tied to the the dynasty value of, of Jordan Love. He said, where do you asses? I think he meant to say assess Jordan Love's value. Oh, I had that's not what he meant. He was very clear. <laughs> I had a team offer me one and I trade up. Probably yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, jo- <laughs> Jordan Love immediately without having even playing a snap this year. If if he is the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he's a top 20 quarterback. Do uh, not you're not give- hold on a second. Let me finish the thought here. That he's he's absolutely not um, you know, you're gonna want he's he's in his he's young. He's only in his going to his fourth year, I believe. Uh he's a player you want to hold on to, and no quarterback with a starting job that's young should ever be traded that for less than two first round picks ever. But those for, we need to talk about which first round picks, right? We're not going to trade him for nine and ten, right? Because we have a starting quarterback right there. Cleese's asking because I'm not sure that people can see the question. He's asking, should he trade him straight up for 1.09? And the answer is no. Who are you getting at 1.09? That's better than a starting young quarterback. Think about it, right? And and Cleese's like, whoa, I got a good offer. No, you didn't. At the, right off the bat, are you sure that C.J. Stroud as a fantasy football asset is better than? Jordan Love, we don't know that. Why would we think that? Right? Yeah. So 102, maybe you do that trade. You say, all right, I'll flip no, it. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't do any of those But for trades. 102, if you love a rookie coming in, I'm right. okay with it. But 109, okay. so, right. so is that a, 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 a wide receiver prospect that you don't know will even be anything? Hell no to that trade. Yep. Hell no. All right. We're counting down the top 15 most impactful value up, maybe even a little value down uh, dynasty values of players after free agency here. And David Montgomery, a player that you've gone to bat for uh, a bunch of times. You love David Montgomery ends up, and I think in a good situation. I mean, Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdown uh, rushing touchdowns last year. Montgomery now is presumably some form of an upgrade. He's going to be there with Deandre Swift. So uh, Montgomery, if he was back on the bears, he would just be caught in that middle do you see – well, first, do you look at this as a value up because the, the team context is better, or do you look at it as a value down because now he's go, he's a 1B with DeAndre Swift? Yeah, to me, this is a value down. Um, he is absolutely – he ruined Swift also, so let's let's just Geek. start pushing these Wait, guys down the board. In redraft, forget Dynasty for one second. Which one of those guys would you draft first, Swift I mean, or Monk? I don't want either of them, but it would be Swift, but I don't like it. I okay. don't like it. All right. So back to the dynasty portion, though. Um, how do you foresee the the touches getting split up? Like, give me a, a typical projection for them in just like an average game. Yeah, you'll see probably Swift in that twelve to fourteen touches range, and maybe Montgomery in that thirteen to seventeen zone, depending on on the game flow. They will run it a lot, but in the end of the day, Montgomery's role will be fine. He'll get the goal line work. It, it, this will be Jamal and. Um, and Swift all over again, which ruins Swift. But here's the one hope. Here's the one hope, and there is one hope. Swift is always injured. 
So yeah. for Montgomery, that's probably, you know, one will get injured. The other one will do well when they're both on the field. I think you're going to be scared to play them. You can throw them in your, you know, if you're in a massive league of three flexes and like a lot of the dynasty leagues we play in, then that player will be in your lineup. Like you can't not play them, but it's definitely a downgrade. You were, I was hoping for Monty to fall in a situation where he could carry a load for a team, but that's not yeah. what he's going to get. They gave him some pretty good money. Uh, David Montgomery signs a three-year, $18 million deal. That's six per. I believe it's only guaranteed for two years or so. But where David Montgomery leaves, now you have to talk about Khalil Herbert, right? Khalil Herbert, not your typical three-down back size. They, the Bears do sign Deontay Foreman, as we said a few minutes ago. So it, is this a similar situation to Swift and Jamal Williams from last year? Like, what's a reason? Where would you... I guess where are you going to value? Did did Khalil Herbert see a significant value up because it's Foreman in and Montgomery out, or is this basically he's in the RB three ish range still? Yeah, it's not a huge difference for me. Um, he's still going to play the same role. He's too small, really, to carry the load for a full season. He people don't really realize how small of a running back Khalil Herbert. He's one of those two hundred pounders that don't generally get to carry a load for a team. Now, that being said, again, you know, they they changed Montgomery over to Donta Foreman, who's a little bit older, maybe he's a little bit potentially higher to get uh, likelihood to get hurt, even though Monty's been getting hurt each year. So I think those guys will be great picks later, but not going to be somebody that week one that you're starting on your fantasy team because they're going to be splitting. But the injuries will come. So it's the kind of assets you're happy to have on your team. I'm happy to gather assets like Khalil Herbert, even if I don't think I'm playing him week one. Yeah. Counting down the top 15 uh, uh, best free agent value, or sorry, uh, value changes in Dynasty based on some of the free agent stuff and trades that happen. Uh, Rashad Penny, man, he goes over to uh, Philly. Uh, the deal he signed was a one-year, $1.4 million. I mean, that's cheap. I think only about 600000 is guaranteed. They re-signed Boston Scott. They still have Kenny Gainwell. So in the games that – I know it's it's an easy joke to say, well, while Rashad – the three games, Rashad Penny's healthy. But in the games that he is healthy, week one, how do you expect the Eagles' uh, touch distribution? And I've heard some – uh, some talk that the Eagles aren't even done adding running back talent. They could add another player because they're doing it so cheap. That's a great point. And I was just going to say exercise caution on how, how high up the, like you don't want to be targeting Rashad Penny all that early. I think it's a great upside situation. I actually believe truly that Rashad Penny is quite a talented player. Um, he looks great every time he is on the field, but the injury thing is no longer, it's not a meme with him. It's real. Like he always gets hurt and, and you, you know, it's coming. And also they get paid a million dollars and you know, and I know that a million dollars in, in the NFL means we're giving you no commitment. Remember how last season people were shooting um, chase Edmonds up the board. Cause he got like a decent sized contract, but it still wasn't much $3 million. Like, Oh, he got three and the other guy got two or whatever it was. You cannot, unless they're paying big money for a running right. back, you unless you're getting into the, right. Unless you're getting into like, Hey, it's one year, 8 million, or it's, you know, two years. But I, those days might be completely done. Right. I mean, we're seeing now that, that the, the running backs like Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moser both resigned for, you know, a few million bucks each. They're just going to run it back with the same guys. You know, on, we're not on that. You just brought up two really, those are free agent moves in a sense as they well. are. Um, Mostert always hurt Jeff Wilson Jr. Are they going to go with just those two again? They've got to draft somebody in Miami. No, that's why yeah, it's well, a little tricky. Yeah, Miami also re-signed Miles Gaskin again, just a depth guy. And there was was rumors that they were trying to trade for Dalvin Cook at one point. Now that brings me to my next. Uh, the, as we're counting down the top fifteen free agent moves, was Alexander Madison was re-signed for two year, six point four million dollars to stay with the Vikings. You have to think. I mean, there was the fantasy market was projecting him to be a starter somewhere else, uh, to be, at least be the, a, a committee leader. And he goes right back and maybe, I don't know, was he, you think he was told like, Hey, we're shopping Dalvin. This is, could be your, this could be the Alexander Madison show right now. His value, what I thought was going to be one of the highest risers either plateaued. I mean, he's just a throwing guy at this point with all the rumors that Dalvin cook 
could be moved. Is Madison someone that could have sneaky rising value in the next month or two? Yeah, I mean, if 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 Dalvin Cook is moved, if he is moved, which I don't think will happen, um, then you're talking about Alexander Madison as a top 12 running back for sure, right? He shoots up the board like crazy. But as of today, as of right now, yeah, top 12. Like you're on the Vikings, you're you're the the starter. He can carry a load. They don't, you know, don't necessarily replace him with somebody. That's a top 12 running back. But as it stands, I still think I think he's a good value where he's at because of Dalvin Cook's age and whatever. But as far as it's just disappointing, like unleash the Madison. You've been waiting since you drafted this kid. It's a rookie. And you never yeah. got it. You got a couple games, got a little taste. It's like it's they took it away. It's yeah. rough. Alvin Kamara gets a new backfield mate in Jamal Williams, who we just talked about was the touchdown leader last year. Alvin Kamara has a suspension looming over him. I would say if I was going to project his suspension, I would project it be about six and a half games. I think that's a reasonable projection. Could end up being four. Could end up being eight. We don't know at this point. Could be zero. Or it could be the whole season. But I think six and a half. So what is the Jamal Williams? Uh, where is his, is his dynasty value gone up? from where it was? Has it gone down based on where he, he had that standout season last year? They made a, a serious commitment to Jamal Williams, uh, Geek. It was three years, 12 million, so it's about four per, probably guaranteed two. That's how it works here. So give me the whole Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams dynamic uh, for Dynasty Fantasy Football, given age 27 going on 28, Kamara uh, is probably going to miss the first month and a half of the season. Yeah, it's just a month and a half. I, I don't know. This is another one. I, I don't see Jamal Williams valued any differently than I saw him if he had gone back to the Lions. I, I think it's exactly the same. Mm. He will get the full workload for that first suspension time, and that'll be great. Listen, we'll enjoy it. But then he's going to settle back into the same role that he had with Swift. He literally has a better version of Swift on the team when Kamara comes back. Kamara hasn't looked very good. Um, I think this... I, he just hasn't looked very good. So it's going to be that true split, and it's not going to be super valuable. It, this will be a nice piece. If you have him, I'm happy. I'm not, like, looking to reach in the draft to get this guy. He's just exactly the same for me as he was before, which is a, a, a nice flex fill-in play, but not somebody that you're excited to have on your team in a prime starter spot. Even yeah, Jamal, in- Jamal Williams was a locked-in RB1 last year, so if, if yeah, him going to it. Touchdown relate, you got to throw that out. You know, you can't assume guys are going to score 17 touchdowns. Like, it doesn't happen that mm-hmm. way. He is, uh, speaking of his touchdown upside, though, I still believe that he's a serious threat to Alvin Kamara's touchdown upside. So, if we were projecting Kamara in a healthy full season to have nine to 11 just total touchdowns, I think you got to chop that projection by at least 30%. Can you even trade Alvin Kamara? What's his value? Oh. I mean, you can trade him. I mean, right now I'm buying Alvin Kamara where I can because of what you just said. But like, what are you paying for him? Let's say like I'm on, like, I was one of the teams that was one of the final four teams, and I have picked 2.10, and I'm on the clock in a rookie draft. I'm going to offer that pick to for Alvin Kamara in most of my drafts. And Late second rounder. Do you- well, that's and that's buying cheap. Like if I'm if I have Alvin Kamara, I'm not selling him for that, but. If there's going to be fantasy managers in your dynasty league that do just want him off the roster, they just don't want him anymore. So I think there's a, going to be a buying opportunity. But if you're interested in buying him, as I am, and he's been an all-timer for fantasy football, just wait till the suspension comes down because then that's what, when the value drops. Yeah, what's the fair value, though? What would you say, oh, I got a good deal? So so to me, you're not getting a first-rounder for Alvin Kamara. I don't care if it's no. anything with a no. one in front of it. So if you have Alvin Kamara on your team, aside from trying to do the old player for player swap, which is probably the better way to go on the style of player, I think the best you could hope for is a high second. Yeah. And maybe that would be tough to get. Yeah, that would probably be tough to get. No one's going to do that at this point. So again, if you're a buyer, we advise on Alvin Kamara waiting until uh, the suspension comes down. And if you're a seller, uh, you just want to get it off the roster, you can kind of pitch it as, Hey, you're never going to get Alvin Kamara this cheap and, you know, maybe look for a player swap. So for example, um, package him with another player to get up to a, a higher tier. So, you know, use Alvin Kamara as, and I don't want to say a throw in, he's better than that, but uh, to go from, you know, a, a wide receiver 36 to wide receiver 22 or something like that. Um, 
Shane in the chat had asked about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's actually the next one on our list here. Uh, I don't see any value change. He signed a um, a three-year deal. It was originally reported that similar to the Jacoby Myers deal at like three for 33. It came out that it was like three for 25. So not as, as rich as the Jacoby Myers deal. For me, this is basically uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think we... I would probably rank him around wide receiver 33 to 38 uh, in my dynasty rankings. Uh, It's probably a solid fit there. He just goes into what Jacoby Myers was probably going to project for Uh, no real value or perception change on Juju. Do you agree there? Yeah. The change in value because of that trade is much more pointed at Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. That's where you want to be interested in this one, right? Like they're playing checkers. We're playing chess. Over here, right? What's the next level effect? Who? So Juju was at at times getting eight to 11 targets in that Chiefs offense. He didn't do much with it. And that's why he's the player that he is, right? He's just that guy that he is, right? He's the, he's the possession wide slot guy at this point, but Sky Moore unleashed the more. No one likes more. He had a first season where he didn't do anything. So now he's that 14, 15, 16 round wide receiver in your startup draft. Or he's sitting, I mean, you're not, you can get him, but um, Sky Moore, how about Kadarius Tony? Now, I don't trust Kadarius Tony's mentality, you know, his humanity. I don't know what the hell's up with that guy. <laughs> he's always hurt. It seems like he's fakes injuries. I don't know what his deal is, but if he is okay, one of those two guys is probably going to merge as the WR1 potentially for the well, Chiefs. Yep. Right, you have Ch- Travis Kelsey is the true. Yeah, but I mean, pass. there are you got to throw to wide receivers. It can't be only Kelsey, yeah. and I'm sure the Chiefs will pick somebody else up. But you know, those the uh, Mikol Hardman is gone. Yep. Yeah. The well, um the, the uh, Andy Reid already said that both uh, Sky Moore and and uh, Kadarius Tony are slotted for bigger roles this year, and I believe it. I mean, that's you know that's basically why they traded a, a pick for Kadarius Tony. Which, by the way, the Giants turned that pick into Darren Waller. So essentially, it was Tony for Waller. I mean, it's the we'll we'll get to that in a moment here. But geek first, even though the 2022 fantasy football season's over, right? Fantasy football season at Underdog Fantasy never stops. The easiest way to play fantasy football is on Underdog. Right now, you could draft Underdog's big board tournament for a million bucks in total prizes, 200k to first. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 23? If so, now is your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join the big board, draft your fantasy team, and that's it. Best ball, there's no waivers, no trades. You get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season, and whoever has the highest scores at the end of the season wins the cash. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store. Sign up with the promo code RWNFL. That's RWNFL. And not only will you get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks, Geek, but you'll also get a six-month free subscription to Rotowire. Uh, all you have to do is, I mean, basically for free for the half of the year. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code RWNFL. I'm here gotta with the take, fantasy. Got to take advantage of the full deposit match. Yeah. When you sign up for those sites, you know. That's one yeah. of the, it's really important. Like If somebody, if a site is giving you $100 free, Make sure you take full advantage of that when you put your hundred. Right. I'm here with the fantasy football geek from the Sharp app from DFS Army. I'm Alan Soslowski from Rotowire.com, and we are counting down the top 15 best value or most value changes to values up, some values down after free agency. There's more to come here, but uh, let's see a couple other signings. I wanted to run by you, geek here. Uh, you, you mentioned Chase Edmonds. Uh, age 27, signs a one-year deal with the Bucks. Not so much for Chase Edmonds, but I think this puts a little bit of sobriety on Rashad White. Now, Rashad White, third-round pick last year. He's a little bit older for rookies. He's got that Najee Harris older rookie thing going on. I, he's probably the starter. He's going to be mostly the workhorse back. But I think that if you're Rashad White fantasy manager, dynasty manager, this is what you wanted, right? You wanted someone that's is going to – basically be a credible back, but not too much, right? You don't want, you didn't want him to stay there with Leonard Fournette. You want the best case scenario. You couldn't, right. you couldn't be happier right now. Give me Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds couldn't even beat like Miles Gaskin out on, on, on Miami. He, he is, and, and he had opportunities in Arizona to be a starter. He's not able to carry that load. That's the perfect backup. That's he's going to play that Gio Bernard role. They'll prep him up for that hurry up offense when they need him out there and they want to have a different set of plays. But Rashad White, 
as of this moment, looks like, and again, Tampa might be horrific this year, but um, he looks that like a, a guy who can catch a pass, uh, quality running, but he looked good when he was given the, given the opportunities last year. Rashad White, arrow pointing up. All right, a couple other non-consequential uh, free agency signings, just in case you hadn't heard. Corey Clement, one-year deal with the Cardinals. Travis Homer, two-year deal with the Bears. Travion Williams, back one year with the Bengals. Justice Hill, back with the Ravens. Again, those are not of any consequence. I've, Matt, I've got, Bra- interesting, I've got well, an interesting change for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring well, Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm just going over some of the non-consequential ones first, and then we'll, we'll come back to some of the big ones. Uh, Matt Breda, one year, $1.4 back with the Giants. I think that secures Saquon Barkley's value. James Robinson is the next one I wanted to talk to you about, Geek. Signs a two-year, $8 million with the Patriots. This one is puzzling. What does this do for the value of Ramondre Stevenson? Wait, 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 wait. wait. James Robinson. Oh, oh, Robinson. Okay. So Robinson, James, let me repeat it again. James Robinson signs a two year, $8 million deal with the Patriots. Okay. I think it's good for, I think it's good for Ramondre. Really? um, In the sense that James Robinson, he's going to play the Harris role. He's going to play the Harris role. Ramondre should get the lead role. See, what's interesting for me about Robinson is that he didn't really grab the job at all with the Jets. So what was going on there? So that that's my main question. Like the Jets elevated. Remember, um, I cannot remember his name. Zon- Bam Zon- Knight. Donovan Knight. Yeah, that's right. Zonny Knight. The Jets elevated Zonovan Knight ahead of James Robinson when Brees Hall got hurt. So if so on, on the surface, it seems like, oh, they're just going to slot Ramondre and, and James Robinson into the Harris Ramondre role that didn't produce very well for anybody. But if you peel a couple layers of the onion away, peel it back, wipe the tears. You know what happens? Wipe the tears, you peel the onion. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? What was going on with James Robinson that he wasn't good enough? Well, he was. He to- was coming off that major Achilles from the year before. That's an eighteen. Two, that's probably like a two-season injury. So he could be, you very, know, very possible. Very yeah. possible. I'm just saying, uh, on my the most plain a thought here would be it's a downgrade for Ramondre everybody was kind of hoping that Ramondre would get his own situation going and now it looks like they got the Harris they're, they're doing the Patriots way which is two running backs that never ends well but there is a little nugget in the back of my mind that goes what if James Robinson just isn't very good anymore what if he never was that great what if the Achilles doesn't fully heal I don't know and if he's not really really good then it opens up Ramondre just getting more work so could be good for Ramondre, but I think Ramondre is already being overdrafted and overvalued. Yeah, they have the Patriots drafted two rookie running backs last year, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. It makes you wonder, uh, maybe they weren't confident there, but who knows? Maybe J- uh, James Robinson won't even be on the, uh, I'm sorry, one of the other, the rookies that they drafted will go back to a practice squad role. I mean, you can never, ha- New England's known for using multiple backs. I think Damian Harris is probably not going to resign there at this point. He's a free agent. So it'll be I, interesting to see where he goes. He could end up being the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, smasher back also Damian Harris. That is, I would suggest caution. I think Ramondre is being overdrafted. I saw him ranked. I actually, matter of fact, I was following your, um, one of your dynasty startup drafts that you maniacs are drafting before the um, NFL draft. And I thought Ramondre went, way too high in that i was like i was a little surprised Ramondre went in effect we we valued it out as like a late late first round late rate first round value because late first rounders were still on the board or maybe like that first pick in the second round i think that's too much to pay for for the dre all right we're going to be uh talking about uh some of the wide receivers now geek we already covered juju smith schuster jacoby myers i think the three years 33 million is is fine i don't see much of a value change for him i don't want to harp on that but the one i want to start with here is alan lazard now i think that the four year for 44 million everyone thinks of like an overpay it's given especially what the jets already have on the roster but presumably it's the aaron Rodgers tax but that aside, now let's assume for a minute that Aaron Rodgers does sign. You have Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore had a down year. Aaron Rodgers is known to favor the guys he wants to throw the ball to. He's not going to be like, oh, Elijah Moore was this you know, this great rookie a couple years ago, and he has upside. No, he's going to throw the ball to Alan Lazard. So is Alan Lazard a mover? I mean, let's assume the Rodgers goes through. Where are you going to value Alan Lazard now that he is locked up on the Jets for the next couple of years? 
I don't know about a mover. I kind of, I, I'm not really changing how I valued him. I kind of liked him before and, and um, I would put him right in the Jacoby Myers zone. I, I think um, he's, I would have him probably above Juju Smith Schuster. So you, you want to put him in that mid thirties range. If we're going to call that a mover, that's fine. I think it's a good landing spot for Lazard. And by the way, I don't think that Lazard was like the Aaron Rodgers tax. I think um, you think he was worth that. You think he was worth eleven that's per? What you pay for that kind of player? Like he looked, he's looked fine. Um, look at what other. I again, look at what Jacoby Jacoby got and eleven. That's kind of what you pay for this level wide receiver and free agency. There's a whole another discussion we can have about why you should be drafting wide receivers rather than free agencying them. They're overvalued. They're, you're overpaying as has every wide receiver deal been for the most part of the last two or three years. Yeah. The next and most impactful, I think that's well said, by the way, that the price is up and the, price the, Alan, is up Lazar, the Alan Lazards that would normally go for like 5 million are now double the price. And you know, you see a Tyree kill, they go for 20 plus. I mean, that's just what the market is. And, you're going to see, you know, but though there was no real major overpays this year like there was with Christian Kirk, which, by the way, turned out not to be an overpay. But one of the, the signings, Geek, that I liked, I know that you and I are going to differ a little bit on Paris Campbell, uh, all the, you know, because he is an injury risk. You know, he's, he's been he hasn't been able to stay healthy in the NFL, but he was a playmaker, man. I mean, he blazed at the combine. Uh, who knows if he still has that same speed? He's only 25 years old. One year commitment from the Giants, four point seven million dollars. And you see what the Giants are trying to do. Right. They're just trying to stack the deck with guys that can make plays and to get them on the cheap. I mean, you know, basically we talked about Darren Waller. We'll circle back with him. But Paris Campbell, he was he was left for dead. He has to be one of our top 15 value changes, even if it goes from wide receiver 60 to wide receiver 40. That's a jump in value. I would argue that that contract that he got paid is just as egregious as the as the Kirk contract in the sense where you look at it, you go, wait. Paris Campbell's a guy who's done nothing in his career, but been hurt. He's getting five million. Like what? He's not even proved that that he's a player. So, with that being said, I do I, I like it for Campbell. I is this a reason to take him in like the sixth round of your dynasty? No, start? no, no, no. You hell know, no, no. But, he's going in like round thirteen right now. Great. That I mean, all right. So I mentioned Terrace Marshall. I probably still take a Terrace Marshall ahead of Paris Campbell, but like they're probably in that same zone of. All right, prospects. We think they have a shot. They looked great in college. I mean, the draft Knicks are obsessed with Paris Campbell because they still won't accept that we loved him coming out of college. And why hasn't he done anything in the pros? But I will say he had some very good games last year with no quarterback play that was any good. And he he made it through a healthy season for the most part. So, sure. Why not? I mean, the Giants have nothing at wide receiver. If the Giants don't, Paris is like WR1 on the Giants as of right now. Yeah, Paris Campbell, the last game of the season last year, Geek, he he did have um, six for 42 on nine targets. I mean, again, it's a whole different system. He had, he had another game against Las Vegas in Week 10 where he got seven for 76 and a touchdown. So he has flashed, which gets you excited about it, and still only 25 years old. And, and I think it's just that it's been health, and now – that you know, these are these are Dable's guys he's bringing in, right? These are sign uh, these are signings that they want. They're not just Kenny Galladay who was just left there for, with an enormous contract. So these are players, that, and you know, it, it kind of fits with what Daniel Jones' skill set is. Let let the wide receivers make the plays. I'll you remind know? you of some fantasy production from last year, and just that this Giants team with so few assets. You know, last year Isaiah Hodgins. Right. Um, I can't even remember some of these guys' names, but they picked up a bunch of Richie James. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Rick James. Love Rick James. Um, Rick James won Bobby Wow a million dollars. Side note. Right. So um, when he was with San Francisco. But uh, so love Rick James. Those nothings had very productive week after week after week in fantasy last year. They, you know, Isaiah Hodgins helped you win your fantasy championship. So why can't Paris Campbell have a really productive year? If you have him on your team, great. Am I giving him up for a second rounder? No. No. All right. You know, it's, again, not everyone has to be cashed out on value. It's like one of those things where if you have Paris Campbell on your roster and you're in one of these deep dynasty leagues where we are, where you start three wide receiver and you have three flex, he was a, a player that was basically parked on your bench. You can never knew when to start him. And now if he's the starting WR2 for the Giants, 
in week one, you could at least push him into. He's in that lineup consideration. He's now on the cut line of the top 40 wide receivers. That's really all. When we talk about value changes, you weren't even thinking about him. You're almost like, I can't believe I have to carry this guy. And now at least he's in start sit consideration. I personally like to value players based on draft picks and what I think they're worth. That's how I do it in my mind. So Paris Campbell, you're looking at ADP today. I like to look at I like to look at ADP relative to what I would pay to draft this person. And for me, Paris Campbell went from I would probably pay slash give a third rounder for him because he was still a prospect that seemed okay to now he's got that second round uh, cachet for him right. with the Giants. And that's basically so he went from a third round value to probably worth a high second if you needed if somebody was making me an offer that I had to think about high right. top of the second. You're not getting a first. I just don't see any Paris Campbell trades going on in the dynasty world right now. So that's why I'm just saying is that when we talk about value up, at least you have an asset on your bench now that you could consider, uh, you know, we're going to get Paris week one. We're going to get Paris Campbell start set questions. We weren't getting those. I think you're starting him week one. Well, there you go. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I I don't, I'm like, I'm above that for you. I think you're playing him. He's, you know, again, in a classic, you know, massive league where you have multiple flex spots, um, you're starting him. He's going to be right. a starter uh, on a multi multi flex league. For those listening on the audio podcast, we're going to just take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to start talking about some of the tight ends that saw some value changes, including Evan Ingram, Mike Jacecki, who was signed, uh, Dalton Schultz, who has yet to be signed, Hayden Hurst, who who had a deal with the Panthers. Stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. Let's reset. I'm Alan Sislowski of rotowire.com. You follow me at Alan Sislowski. Follow at rotowire too to get all our news and notes. And I'm sitting here with the fantasy football geek. Follow him at FFootballGeek. He is from the Sharp app. Everybody knows the geek. Uh, right now, Sharp app is a lot, very, a lot of action going on there because of college basketball. And we are counting down the top 
10, sorry, top 15 players of who have the most value changes, both mostly going up, some going down since free agency. And I want to get into the tight ends geek. Okay. Evan Ingram had a, uh, he, he got basically signed back for a one year. Did they franchise tag him or no? Yeah. He got franchise tag for 11 million bucks, had a nice little breakout last year. Um, is his value, is he a top, easily a top 10? Is he in that top six, top seven? Where do you think uh, Evan Ingram, who was basically left for dead, he was tight end 15 before last year, has he now solidified himself with a value up tag because he's going to be on an ascending team like the Jaguars? You know, Evan Ingram is like a study in random variance, right? This guy could not hold on to a pass with the Giants for years, and, and it, it was a long-established pattern. And then last year, he's he's that guy, glue hands, like he's catching everything. What happened? I don't even know. But Evan Ingram finally came out of a shell like a flower petal that finally bloomed into a beautiful <laughs> flower. And that's what Evan Ingram is. Um, he is what you hoped he was years ago. I say he's a top. I, I, I'll give you I'll give you a perfect comparison. I'll let you make the call. You ready for this? Yes. Evan Ingram. Or Darren Waller, who are you taking? Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take Ingram, but it's close. Okay. They're going to be very close in the rankings. You're talking about for Dynasty? Yeah. Uh, uh, for Dynasty, I, I might um, – it's funny you say this because I might go with Waller for Dynasty. Well, they're they're right there. You know, I've been, Ingram's got a little bit more youth on him, so I'm going to stay – I can't decide, Geek. You can't decide. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't even decide. So now Evan Ingram is in that top seven or eight conversation. He's that guy that you're very happy to have as your, your TE1 this year if you're in Dynasties. And and I mean, this wasn't a free agency move so much as it was just like Evan Ingram. He's better now. Well, he was a free agent. They franchise tagged him, so they did use okay, their. All right, that's fair. Uh, you know? But and it also does tell you that the team values the player. But you know, the only caution I would have is, and I was gonna, um, I was gonna mention this, like Calvin Ridley's there. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, weapon. It, you know, yeah. So there, there, there's some of that. All right. This morning, well, I don't like you know to, to put timestamps, but basically this week, uh, Mike Jacecki was signed by the Patriots, who just traded away Jonu Smith. Mike Jacecki, we liked him as a pass catching option on the on the Dolphins. Then they used the franchise tag on him last year. The Dolphins did. Don't use him at all, really. He's basically left for dead. Coach hated him. Coach did well. They just didn't use him properly. Now he is back on the uh, Patriots with Bill O'Brien, who coached him, I believe, at Penn State. I think he was one of the guys banging the table, they said, to bring in Jacecki. They still have Hunter Henry there. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, this is anything more. Jacecki should be ranked tight end 10 or anything like that. But this is certainly a player that was probably off your board that if you get into desperate times late in your draft, you need a tight end too. You're, you're more than happy to take. So is this a value-up player? I mean, you went from basically value zero to at least some value here. I, I this is not a guy I'm excited about at all. I, I I'm just not excited about Gasecki in this role at all. Now, could Bill Belichick work some miracles and get a little? We listen. We all have have um, nostalgia for Gronk and Hernandez before Hernandez, uh, you know, did his thing. But and and like what the Patriots offense did with two tight ends for a minute like a three-year window back then but i don't think it's coming back i i, I think we're gonna see hunter henry as the top guy there yeah well you know, bill o'brien who at least is a credible offensive play caller i mean they had joe judge call him plays last year Matt, way better have, way, <laughs> such an improvement right so and then the fact that bill o'brien was connected with jacecki at penn state really? I, I think this bodes but i think this bodes well uh and it, what I think the market's going to agree with you here. And it's easy to see Mike Jacecki being one of those guys that's valued at like tight end 22 and have a few projectable weeks. Hunter Henry has never been the picture of health. And his uh, Jacecki's game kind of pairs up well with what Mac Jones does well. And I I'm a little bit more, I'm going to be optimistic as on the Patriots as a sleeper offense, basically because people wrote them off based on the poor play calling and Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, know that, you know, which one are we starting this week? So I think the Patriots, as you get along in the, in the season here, you're going to see that there's a little bit more value to be had than we originally thought. I want to talk about a few more of uh, the tight ends geek uh, right now. Um, the, the, the worst signing of the, I mean, we don't have to talk about this a lot was the Josh Oliver one. 
26 years old, signs a three-year $21 million deal with the Vikings. Does that change your opinion on, on TJ Hawkinson at all? Or is this is Josh Oliver more just of like a blocking option? Isn't that why they signed him? He's always been a blocker. It's basically an offensive lineman. Does not affect okay. anything. Hawkinson's great, and that is not changing. Oliver has never done anything um, as a pass catcher in the NFL. So th- th- right. he's just a blocker. All right. Hayden Hurst signs a three-year deal with the Panthers. You know, Hayden Hurst was always this potential guy. Famously was drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson by the same team the year he came out. Do you think Hayden Hurst is is he even like a life preserver option in Dynasty Fantasy Football with the Panthers? No. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, because they have nothing at tight end. But the Panthers have never produced the tight end position since getting rid of um, uh, Greg Olson years ago. And and right. And and so why not? But more interesting about that move, the Hearst move is what's going on with the Bengals? Right. I mean, so the Bengals have been mocked a tight end because there's three tight ends, maybe even four that could go in the first round of the real NFL draft. And a couple of these guys already seem like they're pro ready, meaning that they're only going to be used as like pass catching tight ends. So you could see the Bengals where they're picking in the draft, maybe picking up one of those tight ends. There's still Dalton Schultz is available out there. So, but it's a great question because you want the Bengals. That's, tight end, that's the right? player you want. You don't want Panthers TE. That's been a zero job for years. Bengals well, slot guy in Bengals TE. That's who you want on your yeah. team because the way they function as an offense, they will throw to the tight end position. They yeah. just do. Couple- Couple guys that are out there right now: Foster Moreau, Austin Hooper, um, you know Dalton Hoops Schultz. Is, Hoops is available as a free agent. Yes, you probably get him for cheap. Oh yeah, I mean, if you haven't signed yet, you're not being had for a. You know, there also could be some more trading to be done. We'll see. Uh, some of the wide receivers who I think are going to have a value change are some of the unsigned ones. Specifically, hear me out here. Just again, someone who's probably wide receiver 70 on your rankings right now, geek that could end up in that top 50 conversation, which is startable in a lot of the leagues we play in Adam Thielen and certainly a little bit more value is Odell Beckham. So do you think we are, are you, would you be interested in buying? Now you talk about picks. Would you give a third rounder 3.2 random 3.2 here for Adam Thielen before he even lands, or you need to see where he's going first. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give that third rounder all day for Odell Beckham. Oh, but that's not going to happen. Regardless of the land, you're not getting him for that. Yeah, Thielen about a third rounder. I think I think it's a fair price if if you're a good team and you need. I think Thielen will ha- probably have a productive year wherever they send him, um, and he'll probably go to a team that's very desperate for wide receiver help. So he'll probably go somewhere. Uh, like, what if he goes to the Chiefs? Uh, I, I that would be interesting. The teams that I have him uh, going to that I, I thought either Carolina because they need pass catchers so he can make a little bit of coin or i don't think the giants are done adding pass catchers yet either i hope not if i if i'm a giants fan i hope not um they don't have enough going on at wide receiver at all to go into a season so yeah feeling be a nice landing spot in the giants i think he'd do well there but you know obviously keep in mind it's a third rounder we're just talking you never want to give up um quality assets that can improve your dynasty team for a 32 year old you know asset effectively that's going to be worthless you know this is buying the car right you know in its last owner level like hey it's got one hundred eighty thousand miles on it but it runs yeah and like i don't know how much longer it's going to run but it's cheap and it runs and you know it gets me to work and home and maybe i could squeeze a season out of it and that's here's the hope and here's the game plan for adam Thielen. wait till he lands if you like the landing spot when you're on the clock and all of these rookie picks seem great like if you're in like 3.8 and there's a running back or a wide receiver that somebody wants you say hey give me adam Thielen. if again if only if you need him and only if you like the spot at that point that you'll be able to do that Odell Beckham's the more interesting one. He uh, he's been talking to the Cowboys. If he ends up going signing to say like a two year contract with Dallas, uh, what do you think happens to the value one of Odell? I like that for him, but more importantly, CD Lamb. I see him almost consensus the wide receiver three in Dynasty. I do not have him there. I have him a little bit lower. I have Amon Ross St. Brown as my wide receiver three. So talk about the value up, value down. If Odell does sign a contract for two years in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know that it destroys C.D. Lamb, but I, I'm with you. That's I don't strong. have him as my wide receiver three. Who is? Um, 
I, I like your pick of uh, Amin Ra. I, I, I think that's a that's a great um, spot for for Amin Ra. You know, in the rankings, and then of course, you know, Lamb is youth, but of course, you've got like Tyreek and and even Devonte Smith, and I, you know, AJ Brown, of course, is in that discussion. So I don't know that I don't know that I uh, CD Lamb's fine too. I like CD Lamb a lot. Yep. Um, I don't think Odell Beckham necessarily ruins CD Lamb for the next two years. I don't think it affects him. Ruin. I'm not saying ruin. I'm just saying like, does it does it make CD Lamb instead of being a top five wide receiver, does it make him more like wide receiver nine or eleven? No, no. I, I think that's a bit too aggressive. I, listen, I think the the Dallas offense probably has room for two. Wide receiver. I think if they have less pressure, I, I really feel by the way, let me just Dallas people. Let me let me let me let me talk to Dallas for a second. I think Zeke was holding that team back, says. I think Zeke made the team worse. I think he made the offense worse. I think they tried to get him the football. There was like a weird pressure to feed Zeke and get him in. He was so un he was so uh sort of unexplosive as a player. I think the whole Dallas offense is improved because Zeke is gone. I know I said it and I mean it. They all do better. And if they get Odell, I think that opens things up for CeeDee Lamb because right now CeeDee Lamb's the only wide receiver on the team that's really particularly any good or or not any good, but like that's a threat. So uh, defenses can really hone in on him. Now Odell becomes a threat and you can't really hone in on, you know, Cooper Cup did just fine when Odell was doing well with the Rams a couple of years ago. Like it almost opened things up for Cooper Cup. He still had great games. And Odell had good games. So I think there's room for the two. I don't think it destroys Lamb. I think Lamb is there. Lamb is, I don't think anybody thinks that Lamb is going to be the number three scoring wide receiver this season. He's more a. Oh, oh, oh no. He's the consensus wide Dynasty. receiver three. Dynasty. Dynasty. Yes. But what I'm saying is when you're taking him third, it's not like you're like, oh, he's going to outscore Tyreek and he's going to outscore Devontae Adams and I'm going to make all these points this year in fantasy. It's like, no, he's younger than them. So I'm going to take him ahead of them because he's got a longer career and I'm weighing age against um uh, against production right so you're taking him more for the youth than you are thinking that he's going to produce top 12 the real question is where does lamb go in redraft or best ball he's and, going uh, late, late I, first he's going late first round yeah he's going like he never goes past like pick 13 or 14 ever wr6 yeah okay yeah. so he's going after the adams and tyree kills i don't know about adams anymore but really? it definitely Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs go ahead of him. Yes, and obviously, DeMar- I would probably lower him a little bit more, maybe in redraft. But in Dynasty, it's tough because he's still got that youth and there right. aren't that many other young sort of elite seeming wide receivers floating around. All right, we're going lightning round right now because we want to round it out, Geek. But I want to talk about the the player, the quarterbacks who landed as backup quarterbacks. And uh, the one, and I'll just throw a couple names out there, but specifically, I think Sam Darnold, this is amazing for him because when you, if you new draft Sam Darnold or you have him on your Dynasty Superflex roster, it's, it, you have Trey Lance ahead of him. Uh, Brock Purdy, we don't know what the situation is going to be, but as we saw last year, these backup quarterbacks, especially at San Francisco, they, they went through four quarterbacks, maybe even five. If you count Christian McCaffrey was a quarterback for a while, right? That just picture two clarified, three clarified starts with Sam Darnold with all those weapons in a Mike Shanahan, in a, sorry, in a Kyle Shanahan system. So I, I like Sam Darnold because he's been cast off. And right now, you're not even, he's not even like on the fantasy radar, but we're going to get two, three clarified starts with Darnold. And when he does get those starts, Geek, he's going to be a top eight, top 12 quarterback that week. So, you know, backup QBs are fine. Darnold, you need them in Superflex. You the need best them. thing about the situation in San Francisco is just the fact that Darnold's issue is decision-making. The head is, is his problem. And San Francisco's offenses are designed in a way to reduce quarterback decision-making, really make it very, very clear where they're going with the football. So I think he'll do well if he gets opportunities there that's how Brock Purdy did well like or rookies can do well in that offense because it's very focused and that's the Shanahan offense it's really great for rookies we've seen less bright quarterbacks um or less experienced quarterbacks have a lot of success in that offense I think Darnold's in the best possible situation but he's Purdy is definitely better than him and I think Purdy will be back at some point which will really hold Darnold back 
Yeah, but again, if you could just get a couple clarified starts in a super flex draft, you need those starts. Sometimes, you know, your other quarterback is just, you know, last year you drafted Russell Wilson thinking he was going to be good for you, and then you had to cycle through your QB too. So, so uh, players it, like that. Wasn't We're it gonna... fascinating last year how many quarterbacks got hurt? The last two seasons, we've seen more of that than we ever have seen in the past. And like your backup quarterbacks have been really important. Yep. All right. We're going to stop it there, Geek. So just remember, you can follow Geek over at F Football Geek uh, on Twitter. You can follow him at the Sharp app. Go check that out. If you want to check out Rotowire, right now we're unlocking the paywall for free for you. You can see all our Dynasty content, all of our baseball content, anything you want right now. You see behind the paywall for free. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try or forward slash pod, I should say. Either one of those will work. And you can unlock the paywall for two days. Follow me at Alan Sislowski. We'll be back next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast. I believe Jordan McNamara is going to come on, give us some good rookie stuff. So tune in for that. All right, buddy, make some trades in your Dynasty League. If you have any questions about any of the players that we talked about today, you could DM us. We're happy to continue this conversation on Twitter. Good luck in your Dynasty Leagues. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.